Got an issue you just can't fix? On the fence about what direction you should take? Been wrestling with a situation that's out of control? Let's take it out of the too too hard basket. basket. You know, sometimes you find yourself in a situation that is very confusing, confronting, possibly upsetting, and you really don't know how to handle it. Guess what? You don't have to do it alone. Throw it in our Too Hard Basket, and our Too Hard Basketeers will reach in and uncrinkle it, help you figure it out, solve it. And the email address to reach us is lifematters at abc.net.au. This week, comedian Michelle Brazier and ABC Lifestyle, ABC Everyday Lifestyle reporter Patrick Lenton are with us. Welcome. Hello. Hey, team. This one's about the law of the dog beach, and I know you're both dog people, so let me first ask Michelle, do you like taking your dog to the dog beach? I do, I do, and my dog absolutely loves it. But I have a very dog-friendly dog, so I'm very lucky. I think there's possibly no more joyful place on earth than a dog beach. It's pure joy. Patrick, what about you? What's your uh, fur baby attitude towards a dog beach? Unfortunately, my uh, my dog Basil, he's a uh, rescue greyhound, and he's not really um, great with other dogs okay. or people or situations uh, or places. <laughs> or so, existence, uh... really, the poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. We have uh, um, dog parents on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, here comes a message from Chris, who is asking for our, our guidance, our help, and our advice. Uh, Chris says, we love taking our dog to our local dog beach. She loves to play and get into it with the other dogs. Doesn't play rough, and we think that she's learning to manage the mosh pit of dog play pretty well. Never bitten another dog except in play. Only snapped at other dogs being aggressive without getting into a fight. She has been bitten by other dogs, but she's learning how to get along with them and which dogs to avoid. One day, our dog was playing with some other dogs on the beach when an owner with a medium-sized groodle parked herself right near us. The owner then asked me in a very reasonable tone if I would keep our dog away from hers because her dog had recently been bitten by another dog with the same colors as ours. (laughs) This meant that we had to move down the beach and keep our dog contained. It also meant that our dog could no longer play with the other dogs on the beach. Okay, I'm going to press pause now on Chris's dilemma. No solutions yet, please, team, but I want to get a quick gut check from each of you. Patrick, how is this request from the other dog owner landing with you? Oh, I think uh, it's completely ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. All right. Michelle, whose side are you on at this point? I am on the side of the dogs. (laughs) I'm on the dog side. I think people are inserting themselves into dog's business. Okay, it's dog's business. Let's press on. Back to Chris. We tried to negotiate with her and explain that our dog is well socialized, not aggressive, but I soon realized that she would not be budging. We ended up moving down the beach. While this owner asked politely, I don't think it was very fair, why couldn't she move? or not bring a dog that can't handle some rough play to the beach. What is the etiquette when it comes to dog beaches? Michelle, when it comes to dog beaches, what is the etiquette? You only bring a dog social dog. Okay. You, you don't bring a dog. And if you have a dog that is dog selective, which is honestly most dogs are dog selective, like humans are human selective. What do you mean by dog selective? So most dogs don't like every single dog. Yeah. Just because they mo- might be friendly and social, that doesn't mean they want to hang out with every single dog or maybe they don't have good social skills. But... I think you just you have a responsibility to get your dog out of there if your dog's not in a safe place for them. And also, I think this owner has a responsibility to like introduce their dog to <laughs> to a dog of the color that it attacked them, so that they can get a bit more used to you know in- encourage positive Look, interactions. I, I will just put out briefly that dogs are color blind. 
Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, unless the dog is is black, because sometimes when the dogs are really dark, some dogs have problems with black dogs because they can't see their eyes sometimes. Okay. So that is sometimes. I've had I had a, an old black rescue staffy, and people used to be like, "Oh, he's afraid of black dogs." I was like, "Is it because it's?" He's black, or is it because he's a staffy? But anyway, apparently that is a bit of a thing. Interesting, interesting. Okay, Patrick, as the daddy to an anxious, reactive Basil, uh, how do you handle Basil's anxiety in the world? Do you talk to other dog parents and say, please, please move away? Or do you feel like that's your responsibility? It's a leading question. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. It's, it's really, when you've got a reactive dog, it is on you to basically make sure that that your dog is safe and comfortable at all times but also that you are the one who is you know removing it from bad situations you know um there is no there is no uh kind of impetus on other people to cater for your for your dog you know but i will say that it is an isolating it can be quite an isolating experience when you have um a dog who you know changes their behavior or becomes like reactive and isn't able to do other sort of normal dog things that you can mm. do. You end up being pretty much alone, you know, like we'd love to socialize with, uh, with like, you know, in parks and things like that. And we just can't. Um, so, you know, that, but that's kind of just what happens when you've got a dog like this. Do you have any sympathy for the person who asked Chris to, to move down the beach because you have also a, a kind of anxious dog? Yeah, I, I look. I, I understand. I, I have a lot of sympathy because um, it's so interesting that the um, the original poster um, asked, "What is the etiquette of the dog beach?" Mm-hmm. Because really, there is uh, there is a lot of unsaid rules, and I think that in most dog spaces, it's like the Wild West. You know, there is no <laughs> real um, uh, real sort of rules that you can sort of say, this is exactly it, or this isn't it, except for what's like actually written on, you know, like if you go into a dog park and it's like, you know, uh, there's like a list of rules of uh, there, but you don't know like what kind of dogs are coming in. You don't know how your dogs are going to react. And like what we were talking about before with, you know, like, um, with dog selective, uh, dogs, you know, like some of them are like, basically racist you know uh, i had a, used to have a rescue dog that hated all greyhounds you know just was so scared of them and we had to leave the park if a greyhound came in but if it wasn't a greyhound completely fine mm. so you know there is like there is no hard and fast like black and white rules around these spaces so we do have to kind of navigate our way through and i think that um i have the sympathy of not knowing exactly what the right thing is to do and the isolation, but I do think that it ultimately is on her. It's so interesting, Patrick, that you mentioned that dogs can recognize other types of dogs and have a reaction to them because, Michelle, you were saying earlier that you are on the side of the dogs. And yes. I was just wondering whether, you know, I was kind of questioning to what extent were, are we putting a human lens on what dogs can recognize and what they're triggered by and the assumption that a dog that is the same color, even though dogs are colorblind, would <laughs> cause that uh, newcomer dog uh, to actually have that negative reaction. I was really wondering, is that a human response to to a dog situation or is it a dog, dog-centered dog response? <laughs> I think it's a, a, a hugely... Your dog is more likely reacting to your anxiety around another dog of that color that attacked your dog. And also, you like... I, I really just think if you're anxious around 
anything, your dog is going to respond to that. And they can smell you, they can see you. It's it's on you to reintroduce them into a positive and safe environment. But you really have to get, you got to get your dog out there. Also, I don't feel sympathy for this person just because there are enough poodles that are pumping out babies. We don't need any more oodles. And oodles. it's so typical of an oodle <laughs> owner. I love an oodle. I really do. But there are there are some oodle owners out there that are just walking around with little curly-haired accessories that they don't really actually advocate for or look after. I'm Not not all of them, but I would just say there are a couple of them. I, and I'm loving this Give oodle. the poodles a rest. This oodle TED Talk. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what actually cons- uh, conspired because Chris Chris did end up moving down the beach. Michelle, if that was you, what would you have done? I would have asked her. I I would have just said, well, I mean, we're here. We're enjoying this social situation. You never know if there's going to be another dog of this color that comes. Maybe uh, there's some space up there. Would you mind moving over there and taking your dog away so that your dog's not anxious? Because if your dog has had a recent attack anyway, they probably don't want to be around a bunch of rowdy dogs. Patrick, what would you have done in that scenario? I mean, I've got to be in the scenario where my where my dog isn't a weird antisocial freak. Um, <laughs> but uh, imagining uh, that was the case, then no, I, I wouldn't have moved. You know, because um, there is once you start kind of doing that, there are so many reasons why you know you might be asked to sort of move on, and you've just kind of got to let it play with you know and 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 have a lot of um scrutiny over what's sort of happening you can't just sort of be like oh well it's just dogs you know like often they'll sort themselves out but dangerous situations can occur if you don't you know keep an eye on them and you know and make sure that your dog is kind of not becoming a problem but other than that i I wouldn't move no chris sounds like uh this is kind of lived rent free in in his mind for a little bit and it kind of thinking about whether he could if he had had his time over what he would do so what's your advice on that front michelle uh how would you advise chris to handle this next time it sounds like he's being polite but he's actually it's not sitting well with him yeah it's eating away at you and that's good because the more we bend the more oodles that just keep coming (laughs) for you and taking your beach i think you you really you really just got to stand your ground like if i see someone mistreating their dog in public i'll tell them so if i this kind of behavior this is actually Dangerous behavior for your dog in terms of like you just being like, I want to be here, so my dog's going to be here. You have to put your dog first. And that's what I pro- I would probably just have a go at a person on a beach rather than move for them. Isn't that disgusting? Oh, my God, I should go away. Okay. Well, Chris, maybe Chris needs to listen and get a pep talk and kind of channel his inner Michelle Brazier. Stand up exactly. for yourself, Chris. Stand up for your dog. Patrick, final 20 seconds to you. What? How would Chris handle this next time if it happens again? Well, I, I have this situation happening uh, around the two streets that I can walk my dog without oh. issue. There is someone who has their um, their dog off lead regularly and their dog will keeps coming up to my <gasps> one. And I keep shouting at them saying, my dog will eat yours. Oh, You, you know, put your dog on the leash. Yeah. This, is, this is the only street I can walk in, put your dog in the leash. So it's turned into a bit of a standoff. Okay. 
he oh, runs away Chris, every time uh, he sees Patrick, we've got it we gotta end it there, but it sounds right. like both of you are, are sending some good pep talk energy over to yes. Chris. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, comedian Michelle Brazier. Michelle's bringing her award winning comedy show, Average Bear, to the Sydney Festival in January twenty twenty four. Go online to Sydneyfestival.org for ticket details. And Patrick Lenton is a lifestyle reporter for ABC Everyday. Check out his book, Sexy Tales of Paleontology. Thank you both so much. If you have a problem filling up your too hard basket, throw it over to us. We would love to help solve it for you. You can write it up, email it to lifematters at abc.net.au. You are in safe hands because we will work with you to change up the name, de-identify the problem. So that email address again is lifematters at abc.net.au. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.